Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Lunch Break Podcast, part of the Global Life Project with your hosts, Arturo Barrera and Umar Rahman. In this podcast, we talk about relevant global issues, topics, ideas, and stories while on our lunch break. We do this in hopes of raising awareness for our communities. Please subscribe, leave a review, and share with your colleagues. Thank you. We hope you listen and enjoy. And enjoy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Lunch Break Podcast. This is episode number six. Um, and this is going to be a really great one for y'all. And I'm with, obviously, I'm with my colleague, Umer. Umer, how are you doing today, bro? Doing good, man. How are you? Doing good, man. I'm doing really good today, though, especially because we have a really special guest with us today. And before I reveal this individual, we're going to be, to talk about the topic a little bit, or to summarize, we're going to be talking about social media and phone addiction. And obviously, that's a really big topic for everybody, very relevant, especially for younger people, Generation Z. And I, you know, Umar and I were discussing, we were like, who could be, you know, a good guest to really, you know, talk on that a little bit, you know, especially because this individual works, you know, online, on the computer most of the time. I don't know how many hours a week, but it must be over like 20 hours, 30 hours. So, I mean, and I've known this person since middle school. We've known this person actually since middle school days. So, Joel Bampa, welcome to the Lunch Break Podcast, my guy. Yo, what's up, guys? Great to be on and um, a little reunion, you know. It's been a while <laughs> since we've all been together in one space. But yeah, um, a little background about myself. Um, my name is Joel Bempa. Um, I, gradu- I graduated Hilton High School in 2018, and um, I recently got my associates in cybersecurity at Northern Virginia Community College. And um, I'm transferring for my bachelor's to UMGC in cybersecurity. And um, while I was at Northern Virginia Community College, I did um, this program called Year Up. A lot of people think it's Year Up, like the you know, country, but it's like part of the continent. But like Year Up is like basically just like a one-year program that helps you, whether it's like IT, cybersecurity, business, it helps you kind of get your familiarity with those kind of, um, you know, job fields and helps you train in the working world for those fields. So mine specifically was cybersecurity. And um, I did that, you know, from January of 2019 to January of 2020. And um, in this program, it's like a workforce development program. You intern at different companies. And I got um, Capital One and I was interned there for six months. And um, yeah, it was a really good experience there. I um, managed to... After my internship, I managed to circle my way back and um, get a inter- uh, full-time role at a cybersecurity analyst. So, yeah, and working there since like March, like of 2020 when COVID started. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, I remember like you know because we reconnected probably like what a year ago or maybe a little longer, but we really started talking like this past yeah. year. So, I was really congrats though on all the stuff you're doing, man. That's like really great. Yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah, it's a, been a really just, especially because, you know, 2020 with COVID and everything and all this, uh, you know, the racial injustice and everything going on. It was like a really crazy year, but I was fortunate to just um, get my role. And um, it was funny, like, um, right when I got the position when COVID blew up, so I've been working remote ever since. They just mailed my laptop and I've just been like, you know, working from home. So hmm. it's good. It has its good and bad, but, you know. Yeah, for sure. And we're, you know, we're going to get into that one for sure. <laughs> That's the whole with this podcast. Um, so usually, you know, before we get started on any podcast, if y'all don't know the name, this is the Lunch Break Podcast. And so 
we obviously got to go over what we're eating for lunch, you know, and what are we eating and what do we have with us to, you know, help us engage in these conversations. So, you know, as the guest, Joel, what are you eating today, my friend? Yeah, I'm eating a Chick-fil-A spicy chicken sandwich, you know, it's kind of my go-to lunch. I always kind of eat around this time. And it's kind of started as a habit. I got to stay away from it because I'm trying to do that keto diet everyone's talking about. But like, you know, it's hard, man, to break some of these habits. Yeah, Chick-fil-A chicken, spicy chicken sandwich is what I got. That's what's up, bro. That's what's up. Yeah, I mean, those. it's hard to say discipline sometimes in the world of eating. So definitely. (laughs) (laughs) Umar, what about you, my guy? What are you eating? Why did you take so long, man? Oh, no, I, in terms of, again, why you're bringing up the, okay. Uh, why it took so long, I was in class. <laughs> not, not like last time. <laughs> and in terms of what I'm eating, I kept it really basic today. Just some rice with ground beef, you know. So what about you, Arturo? That sounds good. Thanks, man. It is. Yeah, sounds, sounds good, yeah. Um, for me, I'm having Panda Express. Got the um, the chow mein, the grilled rotisserie chicken, and the orange chicken. So double up on the chicken. I get the rotisserie actually because the guy who you know who gives it to me, who serves it to me and stuff, he like cuts up the chicken, but in a cool way. So it's like in a way that's kind of why I get the chicken too. In addition for it, you know, tasting so good. I don't know. Just Dang, funny. y'all are getting like five course meals. I just have my chicken sandwich, man. I feel bad now. <laughs> No, no, but that spicy chicken sandwich is really good, though. That's the thing. That's true, too. <laughs> but dang, y'all are making me hungry because I finished that brick ago and I'm just like, man. Oh, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's funny. Oh, gosh. Well, I guess we could just jump in right into this episode. So I only looked at this because I made a little outline and I only looked at it once, really. But, you know, honestly, I already feel pretty confident on like everything in this. In this in this in this episode so i mean i'm honestly ready to just jump in so like the first thing i got here so you know you know we really want to get into phone and media addiction and its effects specifically like first and foremost and you know there's a lot of different stories that i could bring up in regards to like maybe different countries that have like the highest rate of um, phone addictions and stuff like that but i really want to focus with joel a little bit and this is going to be kind of an interview format for the this first part at least, but Joel, th- I, I want to bring up a little bit of a um, like a personal thing. But like, I know before even like this podcast even started, you know, I messaged you like a couple like a like a week ago, and I messaged you on the Instagram, but you didn't respond back for a while, and then you responded to me a couple of days later, and you said that you took a break from social media in general. Why the break, Joel? Yeah, that's a really good question, Arturo. Um. Yeah, mainly the reason why I took a break from social media, and I take many breaks, by the way, there's a period where I was gone for nearly like the entire year of 2020 until um, the George Floyd thing came about. And I want to see like different like insights and point of views. Because the thing about social media, I feel like is, it's like, good power comes with great responsibility, you know, like from Spider-Man, like it's true, it could, social media is a lot of power, you could give a lot of influence. And you could get a lot of insight and get motivated and inspired by what you see on social media. But the backdrop of that is you could also get so distracted. You could also kind of get like, um, you know, 
see someone going like on a vacation every now and then see somebody doing this or maybe it makes their life seem like it's so much better and you could kind of sometimes get insecure i've had personally that's happened to me personally since even when i got social media way back like when i was in high school you know uh like it's like something that you know if you spend too much time you kind of like see it as reality but it's not true because social media isn't you know reality social media you know and I was getting kind of um like sucked into it you know like I, I seen the social dilemma like I remember you brought it up to me you've seen it too and it's just like these apps like people talk about like in the future robots going to take over and control us like it's already happening right now like um we're being controlled by these apps by going there like Last thing we do before we go to sleep or first thing we do, like when we wake up, is checking our phone or checking the apps. And it's just like, it's distracting, man. And it's not healthy. And we're not realizing that this is like a new form of addiction for Generation Z and the next generations to come. And we don't even realize that I feel like. And I just wanted to get a break from it. And I just wanted to like, because I do other stuff on the side, whether it's like promote other people or even promote what I do because I do digital kind of art on the side and my brother does music and I would try to promote but at the same time you could kind of get sucked in you know and it's just it's just too much sometimes you know it's interesting too you brought up the social dilemma you know we talked about that before but you know you think of like these apps you said like in a way these apps they 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 force you to like you know use them and they get profit out of that which is like really really like in a way scary you know because they're basically forcing you to be addicted yeah. to this thing yeah they are and um a lot of people i just think it's kind of i get kind of worried for the future generations of people because even um like last christmas break my little cousins are like really young like eight and six years old and um they were on our snapchat for like i gave them you know probably shouldn't don't recommend this but like made them go on snapchat for a quick time and they would not let go of my phone. They were like, just stay on there. They would like want to, you know, they're already addicted at that really young age. And I just get worried about what the next generations, you know, if our generation is getting so like, you know, sucked up into this and like, we see it as reality, we ignore, you know, other problems or we think everybody's living a perfect life. It's going to cause so much like issues and kind of distort people's like perceptions of reality of like what it really means to be happy. Cause you know, literally some people, they only do stuff, stuff for the sake of social media. Like if they want to go to dinner, I remember this happened a lot when I was like later in my high school years or like early college years where I had some people that just like filmed every single thing they did. And there's nothing wrong with that, you know, to film like what you do to document it. But if you're just going to go somewhere to eat with your friends and just film the whole thing, take photos, post it on social media, not even talk to them and just sit on the table while you're just on Instagram the whole time, then what was the point of having that dinner or lunch, you know? It's like, you're just, you're not really living in reality, just posting on um, social media reality. It's not even real, you know? That's definitely true. And I'll be honest, I, I have fallen victim to that when I was in high school. Like, I would be really like a heavy user of Instagram. And I would post on that a lot. And maybe Umar could support me on this because we used to hang out like a good amount of times during high school. But I used to, basically post you know stories about you know when we would eat and then just like you know posting my instagram and then i would always check like who saw you know my story and like just being addicted to like oh this person saw it like oh my gosh or like this girl oh she like she saw it you know but in reality when you think about it like 
when you go through stories, you just like tap, 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 tap. You don't pay attention to anything. But see, your perception is like, oh, this person saw it. And so that's like, that's that dangerous. That's the dangerous part of it. You could develop some whole other idea of like, you know, social media and the, your followers in general. So it's like, it's like really, it's a really toxic environment. And like, actually, this leads me to one point. Like, I was going to talk about the story I brought in for a little bit. But the Philippines actually leads the world in social media addiction. And they did a little bit of a survey. And 61% of the population or the social media users in the Philippines actually use social media to get news. But a 54% of them use it to just fill in spare time. So while, yes, the the usage of getting news has a bigger percentage, just that percentage of people using it just to do whatever, like spare time could be, you know, like you said, Joel, like posting out with your friends, like, you know, about your life in general. And so it's kind of, it's kind of concerning because obviously you want to use social media for something more productive. And if you are addicted to it, like, you know, the best, at least what you could, the least you could do is use it in a more responsible way, you know? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I gotta agree with that, uh, especially what Joel said about like the younger generation really getting more addicted than even our generation is. And just looking back at it, really, like I remember, I I don't think I think most people got their smartphones around like ninth grade when you know you got into high school. In middle school, we had like flip phones and things like that. But just knowing from my siblings, a lot of people are getting their iPhones and like the newest edition too, around like fifth grade, fourth grade, which in my opinion is pretty concerning because you can't really control what they're seeing either. And because they have their own phone and along with that, just the addiction as well. I mean, you're not focused on your studying and things like that. And yeah, it just lowers your studying levels as well. Exactly. Like, um, like, the point you brought up while they, like, get the newest edition phone, like, I remember back, like, when I was um, working, back when I was working at this one um, gro grocery store, like, I saw people, like, um, just five-year-olds or three-year-olds on an iPad or on a phone, and they would just, like, you know, be on their phones at, like, three or two years old, like, the baby would cry, and the mom would hand the phone, the baby stops crying, it's, like, going on YouTube, it's searching on YouTube, I'm like, this is crazy, man, like, it was kind of wild to see that, you know, because like you said, we didn't start kind of getting those kind of, you know, new edition iPhones to like high school or like, you know, when we're kind of a older age, you know, to, you know, be suitable to see certain content or like, you know, stuff like that. And they're just seeing it right now. And it makes you wonder, like, when you're a parent and like you have kids and like, you know, this new kind of world of tech is, you know, this environment of technology going to the extremes, you you won't even know, like who knows what the kids would be seeing or like what they could even be capable of, even like on the cybersecurity aspect of it, like hacking how great they could be or if they'll use it for good or bad, you know? It's wild, you know, to think about. Yeah, I know you may even mention your, like, you know, you because you do cybersecurity, like I, it'd be interesting to hear your perspective too on something that I, that came up to me because I was watching like this report and this kind of goes away from social media, but like, you know, online technology in general. But apparently they're like there's like some groups of people or some organizations that are able to like make or create pictures of real people and like have them like, you know, act like real people. But like they're totally fake. They're, they're artificial. 
but they're able to be made online into a real person and they act as like a politician. And then they start spreading fake news about any political situation that's going on regardless of what country. Like, I don't know, like, what do you what do you think of that when you hear stories like that, Joel? Yeah, I say it's like really common and it's only growing because like a lot of, they do a lot of social engineering techniques, like pretending to be someone or trying to get information from a certain individual by doing like certain techniques or whether they're just like, you know, simply catfishing people. And this could go on a wide range of like scale, whether it's like in politics or even on dating apps or, you know, social media, like Instagram, these bots might follow you on Instagram. And I had this happen to me before where this bot like message DM me on Instagram and they want me to click on a link. And um, who knows what that link could be. A lot of times they're just trying to like either hack you, find out information about you or just cause stir trouble. Like even in um, going to politics, diving into politics more, like um, the 2016 election where there's a bunch of fake profiles that were made by like Russian, you know, Russian hackers that are trying to just like make people against each other, saying stuff that a leader in Black Lives Matter said this and that, or some Republicans said this and that to like, distract you from the real conversation what's going on and to cause more trouble sometimes they just do it for simply just chaos and it's like this kind of stems to trolls too you know online internet trolls too you don't know who the profile is it could be like a you know professional person at work or you know outside of their trolling they're a respected person but this is like stuff people do a lot and i feel like it's growing you know and um you even kind of saw it get exposed when the whole storm in the Capitol thing. Well, if you check like some of the stuff those people said online and they're like respected, some of them have respectable jobs. And it's just like, I sadly think it's like only growing. Honestly, kind of scary, I would say. And you know, just seeing like all those deep fake things where someone could literally make any celebrity or popular person say anything they want. And I feel like that's kind of scary, honestly. And I actually kind of wanted to. Uh, Going back to social media a little bit, I kind of wanted to uh, shed some light on exactly why a lot of people are so addicted to uh, screen and social media as it is. So I don't know if you guys have ever heard about dopamine. You guys know what that is? Yeah. 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 So it's basically this thing that the brain sends out to basically give you pleasure and make you feel pleasure, right? So, for example, if I had a cookie, that's a really good cookie, right? I get some dopamine, like my brain starts sending out some dopamine, right? It gives me some pleasure. And so if I stay away from that cookie for a bit, my dopamine levels get quite low. And it makes me want to eat that cookie again so I can get that dopamine rush again. And so that's basically the exact same thing that's happening with your social media and phones and things like that, where it gives you a dopamine rush and you want more of that dopamine, which in turn, if you get high levels of dopamine, it can honestly cause a whole bunch of effects like obesity and things like that, which is not good for you. Yeah, it's crazy. Cause, um, and we treat, you know, like dopamine, you know, with drugs and like, you know, some people could even say like have different variety of addictions, whether it's like sex addiction, like video game addiction, like people don't really like to talk too much about like a social media addiction, but they're like some other people like kind of shame those other addictions and like try to make people seek help for that. But like social media addiction is something that 
I don't feel like many people like to talk about at all. And it's like a growing problem, I feel like, especially like with our generation and like what we said, the generations fall. Why do you think that is, um, like the fact that we're not talking about this, why do you think we're not talking about this, Joel? Like, what are your opinions on that? I believe that it's like, you know how the first step to like a mental problem, it's like the, the first step to like solving problems to make like you have a problem. I just feel like a lot of people don't really want to admit it. They might say it's not too much. Like, hey, maybe I go on Instagram like, you know, Saturdays or like the weekend, but I don't have too much of it. And it's like, it's like kind of hard to vet who has the problem or not, I guess people don't really want to like kind of face that they have this issue because it's such a new kind of thing too you know like you know drugs and you know other stuff have just been here for quite kind of a while and like when these people were designing these apps whether it's like you get a certain notification that brings more dopamine you see more people like your post or you see this like this is kind of new ways to engineer your brain to give it pleasure of dopamine so i feel like like one it's such a new thing and um, two, I feel like a lot of people don't realize that they have the problem, you know? Yeah, especially because social media in general is just so ingrained into our life, into our form of living, that it's like we, it's like if we acknowledge it as a problem, we're acknowledging an issue of norms, you know? Like it's already gone deeper than that. And I feel like as a society or as a generation, we're not really even realizing that which I personally have been trying to realize a little bit more. Like, I used to be on Instagram, like, a lot in the day, and Twitter, too. And, but I actually ended up deleting my Twitter uh, about a couple months ago because really it had to do with politics, but I just kept seeing, like, really dumb tweets and just, like, frustrating content that I just did not need. And I know that, and I knew that if I kept engaging with that, I would just, just fall into this pit, right? And so I deleted, you know, so and so I deleted my Twitter, and it was just it was just so bad. But like it felt weird too because I had Twitter, I have had Twitter for like so long, like since high school probably, and all my friends had Twitter too. And so for me to even delete Twitter, it was something kind of impactful for me. Like I even told a friend, I told him, like I deleted my Twitter, but I, it's not supposed to be something huge, but it was to me because I was like I've been having it for a while, <laughs> and all of my other friends have it. So it's like I just feel so ostracized now, you know. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot, because, like, I had the same kind of thing when I deleted my Instagram, like, it was just, like, you know, I did not want to delete it, you know, I felt like I was gonna, it was gonna cut a side of the world, or, like, I'm gonna lose, like, you know, insight of what everyone's kind of doing, and everything like that, but I just, like, there was a point I just had to, like, no, like, I don't have a Twitter, and I feel like if I had a Twitter, man, I would, it would be crazy, because Twitter seems like a whole, like, another realm, even, like, besides Instagram, it's just, like, man i don't know how people could just go on all of those and like still stay focused like that and it, part of it is a lot of self-control like some people i feel like do have a lot of self-control and they could handle being on all these apps and still like maybe be a ceo or be focused and like maybe they just post what they need to post and they're done for the day but not i don't feel like a lot of people have that self-control especially younger people i just can't imagine how much like for the people who have all of these social medias like how much time they waste on there. Because I know for me personally, like if I wake up early, for example, like earlier than I needed to, I'll be like, okay, I'll like five minutes. I'll just like go through my phone, right? And then that five minutes turns into an hour all of a sudden. And I didn't even know where the <laughs> time went. 
So I just can't imagine those people that have all those media apps, like they're just wasting so much time. Yeah, no, it's crazy, man. I don't even know. <laughs> it blows me away all the time. It's insane, man, because, um, yeah, that happens to me too. Some days where I wake up early, I just go on my app, like whether it was Instagram or even like YouTube, you know, YouTube's kind of something recently that I've been going on a lot, but I don't know how it even started, but it's just like became some like weird habit. And um, I think I'm going to be on there for like a minute. And like I look at it, it's like two hours past. I'm like, oh, I got to get off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's funny, too, you mentioned YouTube, Joel, because I've been watching YouTube to help me sleep for the past four years. So basically, every time before I would sleep, I would watch like at least four or five videos before I would go to bed. And that process would usually take me like about like 45 minutes to an hour. But sometimes on a really like a bad night, which we'll get into depression and toxicity, but on a bad night, I would really be on, on YouTube for a while and just like scrolling, looking for content, anything that I can find really that could just distract me from whatever was going on at the time. Like even some friends that I talk to now, because sometimes I talk to some people until like really late at night, even like when it's 12, I still have at least, I still put aside like 15 minutes for YouTube. And I feel bad because it's, it is, it's an, it's a really bad addiction to YouTube. And so it's like, now I can't really, I can't sleep without it, you know, it's, and I'll even share a short story really quickly. I work as a, a community assistant at George Mason University. So I live on campus, I'm, you know, housing, housing um, employee. And my job basically includes waking up at 1am during the night, every, every three weeks to do desk duty. And my shift would end at 5am. Even being that tired, even being up all night, I would get to my room and I would say, okay, I'm going to sleep, no more YouTube, and it would be 5 a.m., right? No sleep, no YouTube, right? I'm going to have to, I have to sleep, no YouTube. I couldn't sleep. And it's like, how could I not sleep even though, like, I, could, I had to stay up this entire night? How could I not have slept? You know, did I really just need YouTube that badly? You know, it just, it just becomes so engraved in my mind that, like, no matter what, like, it's going to be there, you know? It's honestly kind of crazy that you bring that up because like that kind of shows like if you watch it uh, YouTube or go on social media that much, it honestly does become a part of your daily living that you can't move on without it. Like it becomes part of your rhythm. And so when that's gone, your like body just kind of, I don't know, goes in like a type of stress mode, I guess you could say that if you don't have it, it's just your whole schedule is going to go out of whack. Yeah, because um, have you all heard of a dopamine detox? No, no, I haven't. Yeah, um, I tried getting into that. Um, that's kind of what started me to get off of social media. It's basically just like where you kind of take away certain, certain pleasures that aren't like productive away from your lifestyle. It's like a challenge. Like say you do a dopamine detox, you could start out doing it for a week and you could grow each more. You like... For me specifically, I was doing a dopamine detox with social media. So I like literally gave my brother my phone, my twin brother. So I trust him like, you know, a lot <laughs> to not do anything. I just gave him my phone. I told him like, just get away from me. I don't want to see it. I'm just not going to do it. I told him like some people, if they want to hit me up, you know, hit me up on my, this other cell number that I had, phone phone number that I had, or tell my brother. And it's just like, I did that for, it was so hard on the first day. It was like really, really hard because you just have the urge to go on like, you know, whether it's Instagram or like YouTube or just like 
checking something out maybe on safari too even though i could just go on my laptop but it was just like you wanted to just you know go on it and it's like when you do it or like you do it for like a week it like and you, you're like you said um it was your rhythm it changed it completely changes your rhythm and it's like you're kind of off of it but then like i was feeling kind of confident and everything about it and then i just jumped back onto it and all just kind of fell over again but like i feel like what, that's basically what dopamine detox is though like just kind of staying off of it for like oh you know a long time and doing other stuff that's more productive because i was focused i was sharp too more focused than i feel like i've been in a long time and it's it's really great i recommend people to try it yeah it's honestly kind of similar to i guess you could say uh just trying to sleep early like i remember personally in like winter break i was my sleep schedule was completely out of whack i was sleeping past midnight and everything and then for when the semester started i kind of wanted to get back into rhythm of sleeping early like around 10 11 and i know that first night when you do it you cannot sleep at all you're just laying in your bed trying to sleep and like like three four hours go by and you can't sleep at all and like you have to suffer that first day because the thing is you can't give up on that first day because if you do then you're never going to get out of it but if you like suffer like that one day two days then i guess like your schedule like can be set again I guess you could say that's like kind of the same thing with like phone addiction and things like that. Dude, that's true though. Like that first day is always the hardest, you know? And if you fail that first day, then like it's over. Like you're just going to keep using it. Yeah. And the most dangerous part too is, okay, like you got it in schedule, but then a week later, like one day you mess up. It's all back to square one. It's all, yeah, and it's all back. Yeah. It's basically really any addiction you could say that for. It's kind of scary. Yeah, no, it's really bad, yeah. And I want to transition a little bit, too. Um, I know I have here, like, I want to get into, like, how addiction to this, like, you know, these phones and these social media platforms, how that leads to depression, too, you know? And I think depression, especially in relation to social media, has become more prevalent in recent years. Um, it's made pretty much everything harder in life, from, like, breakups and relate from relationships to like self-confidence you know it's done a lot like i don't know if i have some experiences with that but do any of you do any of you want to like talk about your experiences with that like with depression social media for me personally um whether it is like you said you're going through a breakup or like um you're having some hard thing happening in your life and sometimes i don't think social media is the best thing to always go on and it's like you start comparing yourself, you know, and it's like, you it's never good to compare yourself. It's good to be motivated, you know, seek inspiration. But like, I feel like sometimes for me personally, I kind of start comparing myself to somebody or comparing myself to people. And it's just like, I feel kind of bad, like thinking about this. And, you know, it's like, uh, see, like you make, it makes it seem like your life is not quote unquote perfect, even though nobody's life is, you know, and it's, a, that's like the kind of trick social media kind of does to you. And this happened a lot, of course, like high school and, you know, when you're growing up in your teen years or whatever, and it's just like, you start getting so sucked into it, you know, and it's just like, it's not, it's not true, you know, and I, I've had that happen a lot, whether it's like, I'm like, you know, I broke up with my girl and it's like Valentine's Day and you see all these couples together and it's like, oh, I'm just by myself. But yeah, then yeah. I see memes and memes sometimes make me laugh and I forget about it. But it's just like you can't always want to like rely on that, you know, just 
I could go for a walk. I could write. I could do something else. I could, like, you know, do something productive instead of just wasting my time. And that sometimes could be one's good. Like, social media, it motivates you. That That's, like, the good part of it. But, yeah, I've, I've had my share of, like, feeling depressed and down because of, um, you know, social media. Yeah, it honestly kind of shows how fake social media can be because yeah. you never know what's happening after you, you're done taking the photo, you know? Like for any of the posts, exactly like on a photo you can see like everyone's so happy together. They're having the time of their lives, but after that photo is done, it could honestly be something completely different. And they're just trying to show you that one aspect of it, and makes you feel like, wow, they're having this perfect lifestyle when it might not be the case. Dude, but here's the thing that's frustrating, right? And this is I'm, I'm trying to get into my rant mode a little bit. The thing that's frustrating is that people, because of this social media thing. People, they try as best they can to live that life every day, you know, and that kind of leads them to changing their personality. So when they go out and they talk to people, they become like fake, they become just plastic, you know, but all for the sake of looking like they did in so on social media, on Instagram when they posted that picture, you know, which is the frustrating thing to me. And it's like actually the main reason why I even took a break from social media in December. Like, I don't know, it kind of goes into like, fake activism fake engagement you know what i mean i don't know it's just all that stuff i really just don't like that's a good point you bring up about fake activism because that is a real thing like even back in the summer like some people would just like black lives matter movement was going to full-time high and people were just some people were just posting a black square and like felt like you know they've done a lot they're an activist they're this and that and it's like you know you could do more and you don't have to post a black square to show your solidarity with Black Lives Matter in the first place or social justice issues in the first place. And it's just like a lot of people sometimes be an quote unquote activist for a following and, you know, for likes or follows. They don't even sometimes I feel like they don't even really know it's statistics or done the research or like know what's really going on. But they know this is the issue. A lot of people are like kind of following. So they want to like look like they're this kind of social activist leader. And it's like it's rebellious in a conformist kind of way because like back in the 60s, people like, you know, the Black Panthers or like, you know, it's just like, they were like real kind of leaders. They didn't know, know if they're going to die or not. But today it's like, people are just doing it because it's like a bunch of people are doing it. You know, it's like, I don't even know sometimes they really believe it. And that and that's the crazy part because the other thing too, when, if you didn't post on your social media, so if you didn't post the black screen for Black Lives Matter, if you didn't do that, people would say you're part of the problem, which makes no sense. You don't have to post a black screen to be an activist. You could do so much other things. This podcast is a form of activism, if you know, if you ask me, you know, because we're actually having a conversation about, you know, yeah, this yeah, stuff. exactly. And like conversations, I feel like are good to have, like, um, like. If you bring a someone who's and I'm not even like, you know, left or right, I'm like an independent kind of person, just a disclaimer. But um, if you have conversations where people on the left talking to people on the right, I feel like that's better activism than just saying like F you to the person on the right or F you to the person on the left and like not having conversation, not understanding why they feel the way they feel, but have conversations, ask them why they feel that way. If they still feel that way, you know, that's you know, their right to feel that way. But have at least have the conversation like you know yeah honestly that is the most frustrating part to me about instagram or anything like that 
is when I go in the comments and I just see people like bashing each other without even talking about it really. Because I mean, it's one thing to say something, but then it's another thing to do something. You know, I feel like social media gives you like this false sense of confidence that you can like just trash whoever you want. Which in reality, if you were talking to that person in real life, I guarantee you would not be saying half the things you would be saying in the Instagram comments. Like some people would say, oh, I'm going to punch you when I see you. But then they might be the shyest person when you see them in person and they don't do nothing. You know, it's so <laughs> There's a lot of that, man. Yeah, like I'm just tired of this scene on like Instagram, just like simple boxes of like activism posts, you know, and just like that's it. You know, and every and it seems like Instagram's kind of changed in that way. You know, I don't know what we're talking about social media, but I'm really just biased with Instagram. But I'm just tired of seeing that because that's I mean, it's OK, but it's like not a real if you want to be an activist, that's not the way to do it. You know, and don't do it because everyone else is doing it. Instagram is really just turning into like another different platform. Like it's not casual like it used to be. And I think that even plays more into that addiction, addiction aspect because people are, are addicted to doing that, to doing what everybody else does. And if you even do, if you even think about doing something differently, then you're ostracized or you're canceled. Cancel culture is another thing. And cancel culture, I think, has arisen even more or has even became became a thing because of, like, social media, you know? And it's frustrating to see that. Yeah, cancel culture, man. Um, glad you brought that up. That is something from, like, I remember when that started rising up, but I did not like it that much like you can't cancel somebody because they have a different point of view as you and make them lose their job they're just gonna go home still with the same angry views and then they'll teach it probably to their kid and that person's gonna get angry and it's like you should like speak with them you shouldn't cancel them you should like have a conversation you shouldn't get them fired like what are you solving by getting them fired and canceled like if anything i feel like canceling people makes it even worse you know yeah, I feel like if anything, it doubled it doubles down their point of view of wow, yeah, they definitely are such bad people because they, you know, went ahead and canceled me and things like that. It's ridiculous, man. Like, um, you see a lot of this happening nowadays, even like with certain stuff that's not even a huge issue. And um, did y'all hear about like um, so the Mr. Potato Head thing or like um. I guess Looney Tunes character is getting canceled too now. Oh, I heard about Looney Tunes, but I heard something Dr. about Seuss. Mr. Potato Head. Oh yeah, yeah Dr. Dr. Seuss, Seuss too. too. Yeah. Although, see, that's the different Dr. Seuss. It turns out they he wasn't canceled, or his like books weren't canceled. It was the company themselves. They were just mm -hmm. like, you know, we're gonna just go ahead and yeah, I heard of that. that. Yeah, yeah, and I think people like kind of twisted out to be being canceled in the media. Mm they do that a lot i feel like i feel like a lot of the times they put on this cultural war kind of stuff to get people angry as stuff that's not real to distract you from what's really going on in the real issue because who on the like left i feel like i don't feel like that much people on the left wanted all this stuff to be like canceled and i know for sure people on the right didn't and it's just like the media sometimes tries to like spin it to cause conversation and cause anger and it's like this doesn't need to happen like this isn't a real thing we have like real issues going on like why is this on the news yeah exactly and you brought up a good point earlier like you know, have con having conversations with people i feel like everybody forgets that people can change like we're human you know we're not like 
polarize people by nature. Like we could have, we could change, you know, we could change our viewpoints. If there's something that I disagree about with somebody, I'm not going to automatically say, okay, well, they're irrelevant to me. At first, I want to understand why they think that way. But then I want to explain like why I, why I disagree, like why this ideal that they have kind of hurts me in a way or makes me feel a different way, you know? And at least that person will maybe have more empathy for me and say, well, you know, I still kind of hold on to this belief, but I really hear what you're saying. I'm going to really maybe consider your um, your opinion a little bit more. I wish people would do that. Um, and yeah, and the things with the, um, you know, these political parties and stuff. Yeah, it's like, I mean, they neither side wanted, you know, what ha- what's happening now to happen, I feel, you know? And it is because of the media and it's because of these different... Um, yeah, these different news medias. I mean, yeah. and that's the thing. The other thing, we're addicted to that stuff. You know, this is the addiction episode. We're addicted to seeing all this. We go on these every day, these social medias, to see the same viewpoints, the same opinions. So it makes sense that we're also polarized because we see the same thing. We see the same political opinions. We see the same sort of events happening in the world. That we see all of it. You know. Yeah, going back to what you were saying about uh, switching your viewpoint. You know, once you're a bit older and get more knowledge. I feel like even that, when someone, from what I've seen, when someone does change their viewpoint, they even get hatred for that. They're like, oh, no, but you were like this before, or you thought this way before, what happened now? And, like, that kind of makes you shy away from wanting to change your opinion, too. Which is like, if they're changing their opinion, what's wrong with that? They're just getting more knowledge. That is so true, man. Like, because I've seen that where certain people were, on the right specifically um and then they made a transition they're like oh but they bring up the twitter history you said this and that in 2009 or whatever we found your twitter history oh you're racist and like they try to cancel you for even changing which is i thought you wanted them to change but it's like you're not helping anybody by doing that yeah it makes you feel stuck really you know going tying all the way back to uh addiction right i mean like i said before like we're we, we're addicted to seeing all this stuff because we're on social media so much. You know, we see these things all the time and obviously they're going to make us feel a way because we see it so much. And I mean, you know, all this stuff is going to you know pop up. So, I mean, I guess to close it off a little bit, I mean, how should we manage addictions to media and, you know, your phone, your technology in general? I know, Joel, you were talking about that a little bit earlier. Do you want to like, you know, keep explaining a little bit? Well, I think doing what you guys are doing right now is like a start too. You guys, like you brought up earlier, having these conversations, you're ha- talk actually talking to people. Like, even though it's not because, you know, face-to-face, not because of COVID, but like virtually still you're talking to people, you're having these conversations that had to change. I feel like people actually talking to people again, having these conversations, like it makes a big difference. And doing stuff productive, whether doing podcasts or music or hobbies, like just doing that, I feel like goes a long way. Appreciate that. I mean, that's what we really try to do up here. And it's funny because social media always comes up in the conver- in our conversations. It's that important, you know. It's crazy. Yeah. Oh, what about you, Umar? Yeah. So really, just a tip. I would say that one of my friends actually taught me, and I've tried it a couple of times, and it does help a lot. Is when you wake up, try not to go on your screen at all for about an hour and a half. If you do that, then naturally throughout the rest of your day, you're not gonna be on your screen as much. It's like, I've tried it a couple of times, it actually does work. Yeah, I should give that a shot. 
I think I tried doing that before like five minutes. <laughs> and then I was just <laughs> <laughs> jump on again. Oh man. I think what I would even suggest too for people, like yeah, like have do like that, you know, take some breaks from social media, you know, and if you're really passionate about these issues or issues that come up on social media, you know, like let's like Joel said, let's have a conversation on it. And then let's also not be fake activists, you know. Doesn't let's just not post stuff and then just be done with it for the day, you know? And support other people who are doing like podcasts or are doing music that are trying to that is trying to like address the situation. Cause that's the other thing that bothers me. Like there are really people doing stuff out here, like impactful things, but as a community we're just not supporting those people. And instead we just post things on our social media for no one to see rather than supporting the people who could have a chance at, you know, really amplifying everything. Yeah, it starts with the community, man. And a lot of people, like, it's crazy. Some people who don't know you will support you more than people you grew up with, you know. People um, that are external will sometimes support, whether it's like you're doing music or doing what you guys are doing, a podcast or, like, anything. Some other, like, external person will support more than um somebody, you know, starting up that they know. You know, it's crazy. But um, I feel like um, more people eventually... And it's kind of sad because sometimes it takes a certain person, individual, or a group to get more popular for them to jump on the bandwagon, like the bandwagon effect and start supporting you. But talk, speaking to the right people, man, and like just continuing and being consistent, like it will work out and it'll show and they'll get the recognition. I think we're good for this episode. I just want to thank Joel, man, for jumping on. We've been planning this for like two months and I, we finally were able to get, get to get him on. So thank you, Joel, for getting on. Yeah, no problem, guys. I had a lot of, I had a really great discussion and got good time to speak and seeing you guys again because, like, you know, this is like real issues that are going on and they do need to be like spoke about, you know. So I love this discussion and definitely want to come back as soon as I can. Yeah, for sure. And you want to shout out your stuff, Joel? I know you have some accounts, right, on Instagram and such. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, King underscore Bempa is my main Instagram. I'll sometimes shout people out there, shout other things. Then the, my M- MP3 tunes, like tunes that was in cartoons at the end of it, and MP3, just MP3, MP3 tunes is my um, digital art Instagram. I post like kind of just some artwork I do or drawings or anime if you're into that. Check it out. And um, yeah, man. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. And um. Definitely going to shout more people out if you want to ever hit me up on Instagram, you know. And my LinkedIn, if anyone even goes on that, <laughs> is um, just my name, Joel, J-O-E-L, Bempa, B-E-M-P-A-H. But, yeah. Man, that's what's up, man. That's what's up. But, all right, guys. All right, all right, y'all. This is episode number six of the Lunch Break Podcast. Hopefully, y'all enjoyed, you know, the social medias follow that. And, um, yeah, stay tuned for episode seven. Talk to y'all soon. Talk to y'all soon. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. You can follow us on Instagram at, at globallifeig for news, content, as well as updates on future podcast episodes. Feel free to DM us. Thank you so much. Thank you so much.